you know, she's super angry where I'm just maybe a bit annoyed because mm-hmm. someone is incompetent, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, and I've been very conscious of that, that I do that. So it's, I think we've, I've spoken about it on the pod before where it's code switching, it's shrinking yourself, it's changing yourself. Mm. And now I've gotten to the point where actually, no, other people can raise their voice and show that emotion. Mm. Then I'm, I'm going to do it as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think for me at work, I definitely, um, it's just when it comes to somebody being incompetent. And I just think actually, I'm like, as long, if you can't do your job, it's my job to let you know what you've done wrong. Well, You are listening to Colour Out The Box podcast. Join the conversation at Colour Out The Box on all socials. Okay, and welcome to Colour Out The Box podcast. And as always, this is Mo, finally back again for another week. Um, Yeah, sorry for the delay. So this week I am joined by... May. Hey guys, nice to be back. Yes, yes, a returnee guest. You will have heard May's voice from our previous episode, which was, what was it, May, again? Lockdown, pandemic, about education. Yes. I can't remember the title. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like furlough. That was it, furlough. Parenting and Instagram battles. It was a combination, yes. Yes. So basically yeah. a um, a full-on guide on how to like support and educate your children during um, lockdown. And basically it was almost kind of like a bit of advice to parents not to be so hard on themselves. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, it was a little while ago though. Can't believe yeah. we are coming to the end, supposedly, of lockdown. Yeah, I don't know if lockdown really applies anymore. People yeah. Are I don't out and so. about. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so I haven't recorded for a while. What's so, happened? Where, where have you been? Yeah, um, well, I actually tried to do an episode last week and um, <laughs> technology was just against me, so <laughs> I had to scrap that. Um, one day I'll just release all of my half episodes in just like, just uh, unreleased like lost tapes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, considering what we've gone through this this afternoon, I think it'd be quite funny. Yes, yeah, because um, <laughs> even this episode, we've, we've had a few false starts, so finally getting going. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, on this um, sunny um, Sunday afternoon. Um, so, May, I think, because I haven't recorded for a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, let's just do a summary of what's going on. So we're still in a global pandemic, yeah, we are. Although some people don't seem to think that is the case. Yeah, including our government. Mm. <laughs> so the recent news about police brutality, um, especially in the States, um, focusing on George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, just to mention a couple of um, victims, that has really um change I I would say like the global landscape basically because for the first time I think ever um Black Lives Matter is on a global um scale it's now becoming global movement wouldn't you say yeah I agree like it's definitely a global a global movement at at the moment I hope it stays that way it's not something that just like passes and I think like 
the people that are supporting it across the globe has been quite astonishing. Like it's been quite nice. It's a shame about the whole movement that it has to be a movement like this, but it's been quite nice to just like see people or non-black people participating and mm. being just as enraged and passionate about um, fighting for justice, which I don't think we've seen before. No. no. Not on this scale? Not on this, not on this scale, definitely. Um, and then finally, well, following on from that is, I would say, the realisation for non-black people in the UK that race is still an issue in this country, I would say. Um, I don't know about you, for the first time I've been having conversations with colleagues and my friends that are not black um, about race and they're actually reaching out and asking me questions and Mm. trying to understand a bit more from my perspective. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like I definitely had to have a a break from it all. I think I had like a moment. Um, maybe like last week Thursday and I was just like I just need to not be on social media I need to come off Instagram I need to not respond to emails because everybody wants to reach out everybody wants to get in contact with you and I guess in some ways you're a bit like this is as if racism is a brand new thing and it only just happened two weeks ago and like everyone just wants to check that their black friend is okay Um, or it's like I just don't want to talk about this anymore because I was talking to my friends on Friday and they were saying all of a sudden like non-black people want to reach out and talk to you which is great but with it comes a whole heap of wounds and it just opens a whole can of worms. Actually, you don't even know if you're ready to talk about with them. It's yeah. almost like people want to discuss this with you right now. Like, how are you feeling? Oh, oh my goodness, like, educate us. What does it mean? You know, what have we said? Um, what is white privilege? I don't think I'm racist, all of this stuff. And you're like, I don't know if I actually want to go there with you right now. Yeah, I think... I think definitely I would agree with a lot of that actually because um, some of those conversations I've wanted wanted to take a um, a back seat and also I'm not the a representative for all black yep. people and mm-hmm. I definitely speaking to a lot of my friends um, they have felt especially in their workplace where they are in the minority that all of a sudden they were expected to become the black spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and share or explain what the black experience is, which is also very different de- depending on the individual. So, yeah, people's experience of racism uh, in the workplace within the UK can vary so differently between person to person as well. So, I can't give you what it is to be black just based upon my experience. Yeah, I think when this George Floyd thing first came out, like once, like quite quickly, I was like, the UK needs to accept that they're not innocent because I just didn't want it to be a thing where it was like, oh, it's an American problem. And then then I realised that more people were like calling out the UK as well on like their Instagram posts. And there was that moved really quickly, which meant obviously that people wanted to start having conversations. And also I feel like I definitely paused for a moment and was like, oh, do I post this? Um, what happens if I offend someone and I I saw a post saying imagine um, not posting because you're worried if you're going to offend your work colleagues and I was like okay yeah I'm just going in (laughs) okay okay (laughs) well um, talking of like explaining just to even explain a little bit about the podcast because I noticed on social media and on 
even in terms of like the listener numbers and um, who was looking at the Instagram page and the website, I did notice there has been definitely a growth in the audience. Mm. And also the audience is, how do I say, outside the normal demographic. Which I think is, I guess is, well, I mean, it is really good, isn't it? And it probably would be like a... Um, what did we have? We had like Blackout Tuesday, didn't yes. we? And then everyone was posting like Black-owned businesses, Black-owned whatever, um, which meant that people were looking for different things to follow. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's obviously been a positive, hasn't it, really? But I think to go back to your other point about your colleagues and wanting to understand more and have the conversation, I think a lot of people have decided, actually, you know what, why don't I utilise all the resources, information, content that's readily available, you know, mm-hmm. it's free, the internet is there, um, and actually find out a little bit more about um, what people are experiencing firsthand. And I think that's probably why I've gotten a bit more eyes and attention mm-hmm. on yeah. the podcast, definitely. Yeah, because I think it was like, how, why I'm no longer discussing race with white people that book yes. sold out again didn't it yes it did yes um by renee lodge yes yeah so that just that sold out and i think there was another one on uh, white supremacy but yeah quite a few things just sold out quickly well so. I, th- I think the um there's a book called and i don't want to get the title wrong i think it's called the jim the real dream jim crow i actually have the book and it's one of those books i keep on meaning to read it but because it's quite a heavy topic, yeah, I keep on saying when I'm in that headspace, I will read it. So, Go for it again, yeah. But I think I will, like, will actually read it. But I think that book has also seen a resurgence. Also, the film The Help has become yeah. popular again. The thing about... <laughs> Which I don't know. I, I mean, I do know why, but in a way, that was a little bit disappointing that well, that's the go-to. Yeah, I think, didn't Viola Davies say something like she actually regretted being in... Did she? ...in that film, yeah, because I think she said something about the voice... Let me, I have to get it right so I don't want to misquote her, but she definitely had a reason for why she um, regretted being in the film. It was something about only getting the voices of the, um, of the help. I think also with that film, I've watched that film. I think I've watched it twice. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, it's a nice film, but it is in that genre of um, white saviour. Yeah, that was the reason why. Sorry, she regrets making the film The Help. It wasn't the voices of the maids that were heard. Yeah. So that's probably why. Um, sorry, you were saying it falls into the character of, category of the white saviour? Yeah, in terms of it's it's supposedly a film about black people, but... Mm the person or the people that end up saving the day are non-black people. Yeah. And yeah. So, so those films, there's quite a few of them. It's almost like it's a whole genre. Mm-hmm. And it's only once I've gotten older that you start to see it a bit more and you actively. Avoid yeah. It. It's one of the reasons why I didn't watch, um, is it green book with, um, Green. Oh yes, yeah, with Mahershala so, Ali, Ali. Yeah, I really like that film though. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Um, okay, did you think it fell into that category? 
Yes, in some okay. parts. Yeah, yeah, actually. That's probably why I don't think. <laughs> but I it wasn't. Watch it. Yeah, I guess so, isn't it? It's because it wasn't really the story of the black character. It was more about the yeah the development of the of the white character in that yeah. in that film. No, it's true. Mm. Make a good point, May. Oh, thank you. I, I do sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So as I said, there's been a lot more and focus on black content in general because some of the other podcasts and blogs that I follow have all mentioned the same thing. Um, one of the good things was there's a Instagram page called um, Content Is Queen HQ. And they actually did a whole list of Black British podcasts you can listen to now. Obviously, How the Box was included, (laughs) which was really lovely. Um, But it also included a whole heap of podcasts that I wasn't even aware of. So it really helped me even to find some new content. So if you are looking for podcasts other than Color Out the Box to listen to, do go and check out their page. Um, but yeah, as I said, new listeners, new um, new audience, welcome, welcome. It's a safe place, you know. <laughs> Take off your shoes, sit down, get comfortable. <laughs> I what I will do, I will insert a one minute clip now to just basically explain what Color Out the Box is about. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this the one minute overview of Color Out the Box. <clears throat> so bear with me. Color Out the Box started three years ago. Um, with myself and Jay and we wanted to document our weekly conversations. This has now since grown into an online platform that includes um, guest co-hosts and we've created a space that supports open conversation, creativity, life balance and we explore our culture. A whole range of different topics including politics, microaggressions in the workplace, relationships, pop culture and we try to laugh and sometimes we do share too much personal information. So if you are new please do go listen to our very first episode which actually gives a good overview of what the podcast is about. Um, Episode one, Black, African and British, an honest and open conversation about our personal identity. Okay, so May. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I wanted to have this discussion. It was it was a bit of a random one. So Mm -hmm. they're browsing um Instagram as I do. Um I have to admit I was on the shade room. (laughs) I must confess. (laughs) It's funny, I don't I I don't follow the shade room, but I do go on their page quite a lot. I f- I'm not even gonna lie I follow them yes <laughs> so I was on the shade room and they put up a post called um basically they asked the question they said black men drop a compliment for black women and tell them what you love about them really okay. simple uh-huh. so I was like you know what let me go read the comments <laughs> there was a lot of comments But what I noticed, there was a common theme basically saying a lot of everyone was saying strong. Yeah. So among the comments, the main theme was like strength, being strong, our ability to withstand so much abuse and adversity. Like these were the kind of things that were being said. And I had that in my mind. And then also, as we discussed um, at the beginning, um, 
this whole focus on Black Lives Matter, Hmm. there has been a lot of focus on the male victims. And I've wanted to say it, but without saying it in a bad way, I do Hmm. think some of the focus hasn't been so much on the women. So um, Tatiana Jefferson, um, Brianna Taylor, um, previously Sandra Bland, who all have been victims and have been murdered at the hands of police brutality. So I wanted to have this discussion about, you know, visibility of black women. So I feel at the Mm -hmm. moment with all that's going on, we are hyper visible. Yep. Yet invisible at the same time. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And on the back of that, this, you know, tired trope of the strong black woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing this and I'm like, I'm tired. Yep. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I guess when you think about it, though, as a young black girl growing up, like you're always taught, like that's just the go-to, isn't it? You're taught mm-hmm. to be strong. And I guess it's probably because people that are raising you like know um what a black woman has to endure in this life the most disrespected person in america is the black woman the most unprotected one a person in america is the black woman not saying that nobody else goes through hardships um but that's just the that's just that's what you're always taught to just be strong and be fierce and be independent and you know and even if anyone's describing a black woman it's true it is oh black women are strong they're so strong they're you know they've got so much strength they can take on yeah. anything and actually sometimes like for example for me last week Thursday I was not feeling any of those things yeah and it's okay to not feel like that but at the same time I think it definitely puts a pressure on you to be that way like you have to be just strong there is no other how way was, you can how was you feeling like what were your emotions last week I was tired I was frustrated Mm. like really just emotional at the state of the world and just feeling a little bit like all of this stuff that is happening is it really going to make a difference like or are are people actually going to get fed up of you know the hashtag black lives matter and not actually want to make changes um how are we going to hold certain companies accountable for all of these statements that they're putting out like just a lot of stuff and then I was just like, Do you know, what? I just need to get off social media and I need to not have a conversation about it. But definitely wasn't feeling strong. And I and I think that's one of the issues there is like you literally reeled off a whole list of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking about the movement, you're thinking about work, you're thinking about how can we um, put into change. Mm. Sometimes you have to like step back and yeah. switch off and take a break. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had a similar moment to you last week as well, where I just was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to just sit down for a bit and watch Dating Around on Netflix and take a moment, take a break, Mm -hmm. because I needed that mental break because there's so much stuff going on. I mean, on top of that, we're still going through a global pandemic. Some of Mm -hmm. us, I still haven't gone back to work. Yeah. Obviously, yourself, May, you work in and teach and in education. There's a whole loads of things going on in terms of like the children returning back to school and everything yeah. like that that's going on. So, yeah, um, being a strong black woman. I always, 
I guess I don't know about you, but you, I'd always used to joke with like my mum. I've definitely had these conversations with your mum because your mum's awesome for conversations like this. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> we were talking right, she about... doesn't need picking up. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to come on this show, actually? No, she doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> was just talking about like obviously as a as a black woman or a black person at work, mainly actually it's focused on women. If you if you have a problem, like if you wake up, there's something that's gone on with you, you just go to work. And no one needs to, no one will ever know what's wrong with you. Um, but like non-black people will come to work and it's like, um, you'll know that they're upset. Like you'll know they're crying. You know that they've had difficulties. They will tell you like everything that's upset them. Um, mm. And like, just like, just be really open about their emotions, cry, whatever. And sometimes we'll just be like, okay, why are you crying? Or mm. that's not for work, like take that home. But obviously for black women, I know, I know people like this as well, even like in the workplaces that I've worked in where like serious things have gone on and you wouldn't know about this for like weeks and weeks. Yeah. Because it's again, that thing where you're just like, you have to be strong. To be honest, some, sometimes um, those things have even happened with friends where yeah. something quite substantial is going on with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. They just, they're just managing it. They're just coping. Exactly. Um, and I get really annoyed that they haven't told me that they haven't given me the opportunity to help. But yeah. I think about what I do. I'm not always forthcoming in terms of when I'm going through something either. Mm-hmm. It's about, okay, let's just deal with it. Let's just manage it. This, um, so I was doing a bit of searching on the internet and I came across a BBC documentary by um, Amanda Wright, who is a writer and actor. And she has a documentary titled The Problem with the Strong Black Women Stereotype. It's very short and I will put a link to it in the podcast description, but I think it gives a good summary of basically how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I'll insert a short clip in here. Sassy, vavavoom, finger snapping, neck winding, bootylicious realness, jam packed with attitude. Strong, independent black woman. That's me, right? Am I doing it right? I'm asking because I often feel like I must be doing it wrong. I must be. Because it seems so easy for those stoical, wisecracking black women I see on the TV screen. So, basically, according to the NHS, black British women are more prone than white women to experience um, mental health disorders such as anxiety and depression, um, panic attacks and compulsive disorders. Um, According to a study by the University of Cambridge... Um, it concludes that black women aged between 16 and 34 are more prone to self-harm than white women, mainly through some form of substance abuse. So the science... That's quite shocking, yeah, isn't it? It's not, that's not, definitely not something I was expecting to hear. I, that um, really surprised me. That surprised me a lot. Yeah. Um, but then I guess it might be that idea of like wearing the mask, isn't it? Because you have to be strong. Because even, so even if you think about like music and TV, so it's always like independent, you know, you've got the anthem Independent Women by yeah. you know, DC Free, also known as Destiny's Child. We have to be fierce, sassy, yeah. confident, loud, 
we're described as angry, self-righteous. Basically, with I hate seeing those pictures of, you know, the black women, like, you know, carrying the world on their back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's a literal kind of like um, interpretation of us carrying everybody's burden. Yeah. Like, we're the workhorses, basically, of the world. But then at the same time, those... Um those pictures are used for inspiration aren't they so obviously you're putting a different twist on it which I've never always thought of in that way um but you see it and you you just identify with it straight away and you're just like yeah that's us um but you don't think twice about it but do you think that's maybe part of the problem the Mm. um pressure that we put on ourselves, and we're supporting that imagery because I think words I reeled off a whole list of words there but what's mm-hmm. in is fragility, mm-hmm. um, feminine, sensitive, soft. Yeah. These are all things that can be true as well, not just mm-hmm. strong and resilient. Sound yeah. Like, you know, we're a, I don't know, like a pest control, right? But then, <laughs> but then at the same time with those words, it depends on how you um, interpret them. Because, for example, something like sensitive, yeah. Some people can interpret in a really negative way. Like if you're sensitive, then like maybe they cry a lot or it's emotional, that kind of stuff. And people don't necessarily um, want to, yeah, they don't associate that with black women. I think it's a caring, um, but then people would rather maybe say nurturing because that still yeah. has like a bit more strength to it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like they they don't, descriptions don't allow black women to be soft. Yeah, um, they're all quite strong, even when they are uh, um, referring to emotions or the nurturing, caring side of somebody. And I don't know about you. I've been watching on YouTube. I get lost in YouTube often. <laughs> I have been watching a lot of these um, femininity kind of like extraction videos. On okay. Releasing your inner femininity, I can't even say the word, inner femininity um, Mm -hmm. as a black woman. And they talk about the fact that we are seen as more aggressive and almost like masculine. Mm. You can have, it's okay to have that masculine energy, but we also need to release our feminine energy as well. Yeah. You need that balance, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, Yes, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like you. Do you think that in the workplace, as a black woman, you feel that you have to be that way because you need to get your voice heard? You need to, you know, represent. Whereas, obviously, if you're around your friends or people that are like you, you don't necessarily give off that um, that vibe or that aura. So when I'm at work, I am very careful about raising my voice. I'm very careful about not sounding too loud um, because of this stereotype, being stereotyped as angry. That's mm. one that I'm probably the most scared of, like the being stereotyped as the angry black woman. So even if my voice goes up an octave, all of a sudden everybody's like, oh my God, she's, you know, she's super angry, where I'm just maybe a bit annoyed because mm-hmm. someone is incompetent, but that's another story. <laughs> but I do and I've been very conscious of that that I do that so it's I think we've I've spoken about it on the pod before where it's code switching it's shrinking yourself it's changing yourself Mm. 
And now I've gotten to the point where actually, no, other people can raise their voice and show that emotion. Mm. Then I'm, I'm going to do it as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think for me at work, I definitely, um, it's just when it comes to somebody being incompetent. And I just think actually, I'm like, as long, if you can't do your job, it's my job to let you know what you've done wrong. Yes. I guess it's the way it's the way that you do it. But then at the same time, I'm also just like, I'm really not here to be friends with everybody in here. Like ultimately we have a job to do and there's going to be times where you're going to see all sides of me. And that's just Mm -hmm. the way it is. Um, But I just think, yeah, I used to get really stressed about being like that stereotypical black um, manager who's like, because you don't ever want to be in a situation. You suddenly think to yourself where someone might turn around and say, oh, I just felt like really intimidated by her. Yeah, that's uh, another word, intimidation. Yeah, yeah. I just felt really intimidated or like it was like the way she spoke was like really aggressive towards me. And that, that, those are words that people love to throw around in the workplace towards black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, did you really fear for your life? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've not even raised my voice. So, yeah. <laughs> so... Through my research, May, I looked at what are the origins of this, um, the trope of the strong black women. Yeah. And through my Googles, I came across this YouTube video called um, The Strong Black Woman Trope Explained. And it's yep. by a platform called The Take. And I think it was actually quite good in terms of they summed up how media can influence our view of ourselves and people's view of us. Yeah. And gave a bit of history to how black women have been represented in film and TV. Yeah. So I will insert a clip here. Since the late 20th century, the image of black women as unbreakable and almost superhuman has dominated TV and film. I've been only human my whole life. I want to be something else now. I want to be a warrior. The strong black woman character type on screen can be identified by some key features. She does not tolerate BS. I was going to say, like, obviously I watched that clip as well. And I think when you watch them, though, you're like really, I find them really empowering because you're just like... Like when you're watching, the, or probably when you're watching the shows, like for example, like okay, you know, like where, where you have like a strong black yeah. woman. See, I'm even saying it where you have a black um, female lead, lead, and you're yeah. yeah, and you're just like yeah, like scandal with um, Kerry Washington, yeah. like had to get away with murder with Annalise Keating. You're just like okay, I can definitely like relate to like these boss moves that these people are are, are showing, or just how they carry themselves. But I guess. Again, it has its its negative sides as well. So just to summarise, um, basically, outside of the strong black woman like stereotype, there is the mammy, which is um, normally the servant. And that was kind of like where it all started. I think, mm-hmm. um, I forget her name. She was in Gone with the Wind and she actually um, won an Oscar. And I think she was the first black woman to, you know what? I'm going to look it up. I was just about to say, I'm going to Google it. We actually are missing, we're missing producer tops. Yeah, (laughs) please Google it. I'm going to cut all of this out so we we sound smart. (laughs) Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel, that's it. So I'll just leave it in, it's fine. (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so she won an Oscar for her role. Um, but actually, there was some recent controversy around Gone with the Wind, where oh, really? she removed it from some of the streaming platforms because of the racial, I don't know, connotations surrounding the film, because of the fact that um, Hattie McDaniels was not even allowed to really to go to the Oscars and they managed to get her in and she had to sit at a separate table and even just her character portrayal as well. Mm. What do you think about that whole taking down old content? So we're going to go off on a bit of a tangent. We, so. Do you know when you said that, I literally was just thinking about the fact that there's been so many shows that obviously people have called out and they've now started taking them off Netflix and taking yeah. them off like certain, certain so things. I think some recent examples is Bo Selector with... Yeah. That show was really bad. It was so bad. As in, but he... not even the fact... Take out the racism thing. I just thought it was a really bad show. I never it was, watched but it. He, I mean, he's he portrayed... What was his name? What's the guy called? Uh, David, Mel B, and yeah. Patricia Goddard. And um, so basically the main... Is it Lee, Fra- Lee Francis? Lee Francis, a.k.a. Keith Lemon, and... Craig David talks about the fact that he didn't like it and he felt that it it was damaging to his career. I think, and what's her name? What's that woman that used to do that show on Channel 5? Trisha Goddard. Yeah. So, Goddard, what's her name? Yeah, so she had a talk show, yeah. Yeah, she said her children were bullied bullied over the character and both, like, both select. I guess at the time, though, people just, yeah, they just don't think. But I also think to myself, how come it's taking you this long? to now realise that what you were doing was unacceptable. It's the same with, who else has recently come out with a statement? I think Gavin and, no, they haven't come out with a statement. I feel like Gavin and Stacey oh, were really? people that, I don't know, I feel like they've been attacked recently. Is it Anton Deck? No, I think you're confusing them with Anton Deck. Yeah. <laughs> was Ant- <laughs> yeah. They don't all look alike, May. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Anton Deck, um, they, because they basically dressed up as black people and as Asian people um, in very stereotypical um, ways. Um, And again, when I looked at the clips, it wasn't funny. Little Britain as well did it. Ah, Little Britain, which was really bad. Did you watch that show? Never watched the show, never watched it. I think we watched it, but we... I don't, again, I don't think black people were watching these shows for us no. to be super outraged. I think we were just like, it's not funny. Yeah. And obviously white people just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Because but they yeah. actually did blackface, didn't they? Um, Little Britain. Well, I think uh, all of them yeah. did, basically, in their, in their own way. Um, so what do you think of that, this whole thing of taking those, like, old shows down now in in this time or do you think it's a case of no leave them because it's a reflection of what people were watching at the time I don't know I mean I, I mean I'm in two minds really um because I think for me the most important thing is, is that we just don't want to see them again so and I think that's the thing for like everybody that's issuing apologies and stuff like that um it's like okay you you did this although it wasn't that long ago that these shows were aired no you know, it wasn't like we're saying, oh, they were t- apologising for shows that they did in the 70s or the 80s where people, you know, it was a regular thing. These were done, like, quite recently. Yeah. Um, so 
I mean, I I don't know if I'm honest, Mo. Mm-hmm. I don't have a I don't have like a set answer to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in two minds as well. I think it's important to understand the history, and I think sometimes by deleting things, you're you're just erasing a part of history that we need to know about so we can learn from it for the future. But then, yeah. like I said, watching some of those clips, it, I was really like, was this entertaining for people? <laughs> people were laughing at this because some of it is pretty poor. But, mm-hmm. You know, hindsight and all of that. But like I said, I just don't think it was content that was for us. But anyway, yeah, we def- digress. We did. That's good. So I was talking about the mummy as, yep. as, <laughs> as one of the stereotypes. <laughs> then there was the the Jezebel. Oh yes, yes. Um, this one was especially damaging to black women mm-hmm. because it it ties into this over sexualization of black women's mm-hmm. bodies and also um, the adultification of young black girls as well so I don't know if you heard it where people say like you know she's grown and you know she's too fast or yeah things like that for what I consider to be children so if you Mm -hmm. think about the R. Kelly case there was comments that oh these girls should have known better and I'm like they they are literally children yeah so yeah so we've got okay so that's two what else have we got so moving on, we have the Sapphire, um, a.k.a. the angry black woman. Mm. <laughs> so this person, she is emasculating to black men. She's loud, can be unprofessional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just she, thinking, I think I literally watched a film this weekend. It was definitely that Sapphire, but yeah, go and carry on. <laughs> Um, this one also sometimes is confused with being ghetto or um, ratchet, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So in response to try and move away from those stereotypes, um, according to the take, the strong black woman was actually created by black women um, to try and move away from those previous stereotypes. So the strong black woman, she's a soldier, she's righteous, she's extraordinary, she's inhumane to pain. Basically, she's no fun. And <laughs> <laughs> examples include um, Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> character from The Colour Purple, yeah. Davis in Anything. <laughs> Do you not find Viola Davis is just always a strong black woman? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a time when she, yeah, she she hasn't been, but no. Cause, yeah, like, I, I mean, even in Widows. Yeah, I was actually just thinking of that one as well. I was like, because I was thinking, actually, she no, she definitely was. Yeah. Even, but, I mean, in The Help, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, she kind of fell into two, two categories she, in The in Help. In The Help, she was... Some could say the mammy servant, yeah, um, and strong black woman, mm-hmm. and then of course Kerry Washington, aka um, Scandal. Although she plays, you know, in her career, she's definitely played a lot of. She's not always played the strong black mm. woman role. I'm trying to think of one that she wasn't. 
Mm, I was thinking like of her early films. No, she was in Save the Last Dance. I feel like that's when she first came on the scene for me, but she was quite... <laughs> she was quite strong in that. You but know, she was also quite... But she wasn't quite... Was she quite ghetto in that film? Because mm. mm, when no, she not... told Julia Stiles that, you know, you don't belong here, that was pretty oh, yeah. strong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Watching Save the Last Dance now... <laughs> <laughs> you realise... You I realise one, not crap. everyone can dance. <laughs> <laughs> like we really thought Julia Stiles was just hitting some ballet stroke hip hop moves. <laughs> but can you not um, watch a recording? Did you not see? I remember watching the clip again at the end, like the final audition. And oh, she when she like does, the- she merges the two worlds of hip hop to dance to get into <laughs> Juilliard. Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I watched it again and I was like, what kind of moves are these? But I remember I was in secondary school, probably like maybe year eight or nine. I can't remember what year I was in, but I just remember thinking that those moves were just bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah. When you say bad, as in bad, like, oh my God, they're so good. Yeah, they're so like, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. they're, they're yeah. so good. I was like, just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, when they're in the club scenes where they've <laughs> got, you know, and they're the doing <laughs> Put your back into it. Tick, tick, boom. No, just, just so you know, like this is an audio podcast, <laughs> so people can't actually see my dance moves. I should which release. Is good. I should release the video from the Zoom. <laughs> they had just to describe it: one hand in the air, and she was putting her back into it. So yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that people that know me know that one hand in the air yeah. is like my signature. <laughs> you have to, you have to hold on to the air and do the real moves. So yeah. So yeah, we digress big time. So yeah, <laughs> Kerry Washington is included in that strong black women um, category. So I think that goes on to like help understand, give a little bit of context in terms of like where this trope, this stereotype has come from. Mm. So I want to ask you, do you feel that it's a bit of a controversial one that we get the protection needed from black men do we need their protection is that a thing and when you say protection what do you mean so i think when so again going back to shade room comments mm-hmm. a lot of the comments are about you know black women you're so strong you support us you're able to withstand the storm um you're able to withstand all of the things that the world and us throws at you Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> but I think there's twofold to that, isn't it? There's some people obviously writing in those comments and saying black women are strong and, you know, might deliberately go out of their way. I'm thinking in certain relationships um, to put a, like, you know, to put a certain amount of pressure on a woman or put her through certain things that they don't need to put her through. And then right. just because she's still there, it's like, oh, a black woman is strong. So there's that kind of mm. response. And then there's some people that have just, either seen the the females in their family endure hardships and for them it's like real strength but then with that it also means that some people see all that and then go into a relationship and just think that that's just how black women are and that's just how they have to be um so i yeah i think in terms of protection though again it's the fact that oh sorry go on i was gonna say maybe protection is not the right word or do you feel that black men support black women enough? Um, do you feel that support there? 
So especially when uh, we're talking about things like we're going through the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment, you see, you literally physically see black women on, you know, at the, on the front line, putting themselves out there, they're campaigning, they're protesting, they're doing everything that needs to be done. But there has been in some circles criticism that maybe sometimes we don't get that same support back. Support back. Um, I mean, I think it's quite a, yeah, it's quite a broad question, yes. isn't it, really? And yeah, I guess it, it's, it is, and it also, um, it sounds to experience, like, it's experience over time, I guess, what you've experienced. I mean, it's a difficult one to answer for. Do you feel band. supported as your individual experience? And maybe yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I think for me, yes. And I think I have, but I've got quite, you know, I've got men in the family um, that have been really supportive mm. um, of, of, you know, and helping like build us up um, and like, allowing us to see our worth in that sense so there's that um and then I think in um I guess in relationships or previous relationships yes but I also think at the same time it depends on everybody that other person's experience um and just yeah like like what I said earlier what they'd already seen or what they believe a black woman is to be Mm. um I think everyone has definitely um been a victim of those stereotypes mm. and they've been counterproductive in many ways so I think unpicking them is good and the use of the word a strong black woman um because I think that means for a black man and for a black woman that um yeah it, it means for them that that's just what it is like you just have to have strength regardless even if you don't have it um you have to pretend that you do I just think it puts a lot of pressure on a black woman and also on a black man as well I think it's not even just pressure. It it also is dangerous mm-hmm. because there's this um, idea that even in the medical field not too long ago that there was this idea that black women somehow had a higher pain threshold. Mm. And it's still present in a way because, you know, black women, we're more likely to die in childbirth yeah um, we're more likely not to receive medical help there's medical bias is a real a very real issue and it's, mm-hmm. it means that it's dangerous for black women when we are in the hospital I remember I was listening to Joe Budden's podcast and he was saying you know it's it's dangerous for men to black men to be out in the streets and it's dangerous for black women when they're in the hospital yeah um, so what do you think to that in terms of, okay, we've got this thing in one hand being quite positive that we're seen as strong, but in the other hand, is it endangering us basically? Yeah, I think definitely it does endanger us. Um, And I think, I mean, in particular, like like you were saying, obviously about um, like the men being out on the streets and the black women being in the hospital. And it's, and I think it's important for these facts to like be out there. Mm. Um, as well for people to see um like for example we know with like the whole coronavirus stuff that it affects people in the BAME category differently however we yeah. don't know within the BAME category are you talking specifically about black people are you talking specifically about Asians and then obviously we have this other category it's like ethnic minorities what does that mean in itself because the whole cat- category is a nonsense but we won't let, go into that <laughs> let me just explain BAME because we have a f- a few listeners outside of the UK and even okay. in the UK that I don't think 
really get it. I don't always get it myself. Yeah. So BAME stands for Black Asian Minority Ethnic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similar to the term people of colour, but I think BAME is more broader. So mm-hmm. it's um, inclusive of um, basically, I suppose, anyone that is not white British. That's what I kind of took from yeah. it. So, yeah, so there's a recent report, as you mentioned, made that basically said that um, people from BAME communities um, were more likely to be um, affected by COVID-19, which yeah. I could have, they didn't need to do a report. I could have guessed that. Yeah. And then within that, I was saying within that um, and the category, it's the fact that we just need to be a bit more specific. So we don't know like who that is affecting. But I guess I think my point was was the fact that we yeah, we don't we don't know what that means and what's gonna happen or how it's gonna be supported in the sense of like like you was like linking back to what you said about like Joe Budden was saying on his um podcast, but it's like who, you know, are we more affected in the hospital? And if so, like what can be done yes. to support? Yeah. Um, Because they're even saying like the reports has come out or something has come out and um, but it's it's been hidden. Well, they they um, excluded some information because they felt given the current climate on Black Lives Matter, i.e. people are like, well, there's institutional racism. Yeah. Not just in America. What what are you guys doing? they felt that it wouldn't be a good time to release all the information. But why, you know, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous and also makes you even more believe that there's a real systemic issue that we have here that is literally Mm -hmm. putting our health and is killing us, putting us at risk. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So coming back to our discussion about being a strong black woman, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fist in the air um do you feel a pressure on yourself to you know to show that um sh- strength outwardly to your friends family colleagues I think we touched on it before um not ne- I don't feel like it's a pre- maybe I put a pressure on myself um but I think when you're around the people that know you well enough like they just know you like they know when like it can potentially be a mask and when like and they know when to ask the right questions and to be like, mm. are you okay? Because I think that's a question that we don't tend to ask in general anyway, or we ask, we ask but we don't, we, we don't we're not ready for the answer. Yeah. We're not ready for the answer. I think I was talking, I was saying to this, uh, talking to that group of people about this last week, um, even in the t- context of church where you go to mm. someone, Hey, good morning. How, how has your week been? And people yeah. are like, the response is, yeah, it's good, it's good. And then suddenly, like, there might be one person, you're like, how's your week? And they're like, oh, actually, it wasn't that good. And you're literally getting ready to walk. And then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, now I actually have to ask you what, <laughs> what's wrong. So I think we don't, yeah, we don't tend to ask or wait for the answer. I, I agree with that. But I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a pressure I used to put on myself, like, mm. definitely even in terms of, like, not crying or not wanting to be upset. Um, but I feel like I've definitely over the years have got better about naming an emotion, like, and actually naming what it is that's wrong with me. Because a lot of the same, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because a lot of the time, I think I found like this again on my Instagram um, scrolling, there was like a, a wheel or something and it had different emotions on it. And okay. it was like, 
happy, sad, let's say the standard emotions that you go for. And then it's like, you're angry. And then it drills down into like 16 other subwords. And it's like, are you angry? Are you actually, or are you frustrated? Are you disappointed? And it just right. helps like to name. To articulate your, how yeah, you actually are feeling. Feeling. And I think that's something I've definitely developed over the years. It's like, I'm going to name, like, or I'm going to take some time to figure out what it is I'm feeling and then say it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would say I definitely put a pressure on myself, but also I, I was thinking about it recently. I think mm. I do hold black women to a really high standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about celebrities and women in the public eye. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we see images of um, Gabrielle Union or Tracy Ellis Ross or even um, Viola Davis, mm-hmm. Kay Washington, Michelle yeah. Obama, I find myself, I'm pretty much like, well, you know, that's how I need to look when I reach their age or yeah. that's how I need to be. Um, and I, I was thinking about it recently. I was thinking we're even ourselves as me, or I was, let me speak for myself because I can't speak for all black women, but even myself as a black woman, I think I was put in some very unrealistic ideals and standards on other women and also on myself in terms of, okay, when I'm 50, that's how I need to look. When I'm yeah. you know, when I'm 60, this is what I need to have achieved or this is how I need to look, especially from the physical point of view. Mm-hmm. You've, you know, as you get older, things happen to your body. It doesn't, you know, you can't go <laughs> chicken shop every day and expect to <laughs> fit into those jeans still. But I do find that I'm looking at, okay, look, Gabrielle Union, she, how old is she? She is like 40 something. I think she might be 50. Let's go to the source that is. Yeah, legal. you look it up. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, that's how you're supposed to look when you reach the, to that age. Okay, mm-hmm. that's 47. 47. Okay. So it's amazing. Far. Yeah. But that's the thing is she looks amazing. And it's almost like her value is attached to the fact that, okay, she looks good. Mm-hmm. Even phrases like black doesn't crack. Doesn't it crack. does. We do get older and we do look older <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> no, the majority of the time not though. But... No, we do. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to, no. I was watching um, net on Netflix yesterday. I think it's like Jump in the Broom. It's just one of these random Netflix oh, films. Oh, um, Angela. Patton. Paula Patton and Angela Bassett. I was watching it yesterday. I was like, Angela Bassett looks amazing. But she's in her 60s again. I don't think we could. (laughs) 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 But there must be days that Angela Bassett just looks regular as her, not old, but just looks like herself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And that's absolutely fine. It is. I don't know if we'll ever see that though. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. <laughs> so um, we've talked about the workplace and representing yourself. So in terms of the alternative to being a strong black woman, do you think there are now examples in the media or in your life of like alternatives to being that? And what, and what are those alternatives or different kind of like personality types? alternatives to being a strong black woman yeah I think I haven't seen them anywhere not gonna lie <laughs> not gonna I lie have. 
I have. Okay, you, you don't watch the show. I watch Insecure. Okay. And Issa Rae's character, Issa D, I think is a really good example of a she's not she's not strong she's not a jezebel she's not the mammy figure she's, yeah she's kind of quirky multifaceted multi-layered and i actually like all the women in the show are very different and I okay think it just shows that we can be flawed as because mm-hmm. i think that's another thing with this whole thing of like we're somehow magical and yeah. we've got the um black girl magic hashtags and stuff mm-hmm. like that which are great and I do want to tell like the young black girls they are magical but also I want to tell them that they are quite it's okay to be mediocre and yeah <laughs> like that's fine I look in the mirror and I'm like okay this is going to be a mediocre day today it's absolutely mm-hmm. fine so yeah. yeah so I do think there are we're starting to see like glimpses of like alternative just showing that we are multifaceted, multi-layered and flawed sometimes. I think also with that, like the hashtag, like black girl magic, I, I think also it was about appreciation and we wouldn't have to have these yeah. hashtags if like we weren't, like if we were actually appreciated or if you have children that like, again, um, see themselves in books at school and see themselves as the princesses in the storybooks and all this other yeah. stuff, which is like you just don't ever see. And so all of a sudden it's like, okay, we need a hashtag. Like no one else needs that because people are represented. Yeah, I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I actually asked a question. So I said, I said to a few people, I said, you know, compliment or describe black women. And they were like, okay, yeah, great. Without using the word strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to actually insert here, this is what everyone said. Yo, this is uh, Stavros from the Eloquently Say Nothing podcast. Um, I was asked this question, what do you think it means to be a black woman without using the word strong? And I'm not entirely sure I'm equipped to answer the question that was asked. Uh, It wasn't something I put entirely too much thought on until maybe the last few years. I guess uh, black women, I don't know, just the same as any other woman of any other colour, uh, with more, I guess, uh, more melanin, uh, more pain, more pressure, more stress, more responsibility, but more ass, more resolve, more texture, more hair, more fight, more passion, and more love. To me, anyways. Maybe that's because I want more of them. Yeah. So black women, I guess, are more. That's 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 my description of black women. More. Peace. Have a good show. I believe that being um, a black woman um, actually means kind of feeling that you can do anything. We've got so many great examples of black women who've achieved so much. Um, And I think also that it it kind of means having a sisterhood around you who are always there to kind of want to see you you win and see you achieve your dreams. So um, I think sort of... um, what it means to kind of be a black woman is is a sense of belonging um, and a sense of knowing you can do anything if you just put your mind to it. Hi guys, for me being a black woman means to be unequivocally, unapologetically, wholeheartedly vulnerable. 
is now synonymous. So the parents raise the girl to be strong. Black men and fellow black men treat her as strong. Um, and since their own people treat them as strong, everybody treat them as strong, right? Like, it's the card black women have been dealt with to be always resilient, to go through a lot and still come out on top. And when you can't do that, you're not looked that way. And, but really, a black woman without the label strong is actually a human being, like everyone knows. And that's what we need to normalize. I think that's my own view on it. I don't think I have anything deeper to say. When I think of black women, I think that they are beautiful, they're bold, they're um, passionate and um, spiritual. Um, what else? I think that they're very uh, selfless in in their daily lives. Like most of the time, they're very, very selfless. A black woman is elegant, a black woman is nurturing, a black woman is classy, and a black woman is very sophisticated. A black woman is so underrated. Being a black woman to me means thriving in a system that wasn't built for us to thrive in. All the while standing tall, and beautiful and finding moments of pure joy and happiness and hope for what there is to come. My definition of a black woman would have to be self-love. It's because we know who we are. That's why we are powerful. What I feel it means to be a black woman, a black woman has a deep insight into her heritage and past, which gives her an advantageous outlook on the future in terms of planning and foresight. Highly courageous and also deeply caring of others and those around her. Come to highlight of the week. Do you have a highlight that you want to share with the audience? Something you want to bring a spotlight to? Oh, on. Yes. Go first. No, I can go first. Actually, I think off the back of like everything that's been happening, and just I've really reflected on like um, actions that can be taken to um, like just with this whole Black Lives Matter movement, and really thought a lot about um, my education sector. Yes. And I guess for me, I've always been angered um, that the black voice and the history of black people um, usually begins with Windrush. Um, and I think it just shows an ignorance to the fact that um, people only assume that black people only came to this country when they arrived on that boat. Um, mm. and, and I think also or like the black voice in history is all about slavery but the focus is on like uh, American slavery and or what happens in South Africa um which I find is always completely alien to children in the UK and it also eradicates like Britain's involvement so it's been like a thing for me where I just really want to ensure that there's black history is taught 
and yeah. it's taught properly in school. So I came across something called the Black Curriculum and they are on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, and their aim is to like teach black history all year round to children um, in the not UK. Just one month? Yeah, not just one month or not at all, but just to, um, to teach it to all children and to make it mandatory in all schools because it's actually not in our national curriculum. Um, and so at Which the moment... I think is absolutely crazy because we we touched on it at the beginning there we have the london riots going on at the moment um in central london where the in quotation marks counter black lives matter um Mm -hmm. protesters have come to london to they say protect the monuments and um, and statues but also to just come and cause trouble Mm-hmm. A lot of them are really, and I'm, and even just in terms of my discussions with some people or some um, friends and work colleagues, as I say, some people are really oblivious to the history of this country or world history. And I think it's, it's almost saying it's not black history, it is history. Yeah. There's big chunks yeah. of history that are left mm-hmm. out that are not yeah. taught. And even if I think about some of the things that I have learned, I've learned them independently. I never learned mm-hmm. them in school. And how much better of an understanding and probably more tolerant people would be if they did understand the history and context of this country. So exactly. you wouldn't be seen as we're coming here to take everything when you actually put it into context in terms of, you know, with, you know, Windrush, those people were invited to come mm-hmm. help because yeah. the country needed help after the war. Anyway, I'm getting on my band. No, but but it's true. And also just thinking about, like, um, the, the black people that were in this country in the 1900s. Yeah. Um, and stuff that we just don't know about. Um, and I think it's important for our children to know about it in the UK so that they can actually relate to it because it's such an alien concept for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even just them even understanding what's happening now and, like, the difference between a protest and a riot. Um, and things like that. So anyway, um, I come across this, um, organization called the black curriculum. Um, so you can follow them on, um, Instagram, follow them on Facebook, but importantly, they are, they need some help. And so this week they're asking for people, or they have been asking for people to send an email to Gavin Williamson, who's the education secretary, um, and the secretary of state, um, just to push for it to be mandatory that black history is taught in the national curriculum. So yeah, that's been like my highlight of the week. Just um, they've obviously got an email template that you can use to write to them, or you can write your own. I've written my own um, mm. letter, but yeah, so that's been a highlight for me. And also me just thinking about what I'm going to do in my school in particular, just to facilitate like that and make sure it happens um, because yeah, it's important. So that's pretty much been been a highlight for me. So I guess this is what I'm putting to the spotlight, really. Oh, and um, those of you that are first time listeners, May is a education professional. So <laughs> <laughs> she's literally teaching the children of the future. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. May, that's a really good highlight. And what I will do is I will put a link. Um, so if people want to support and um, send a, that letter or even just find out more information, I will put a link in the podcast description. So do go ahead and click that. Thank you. What about you? Let's, let's hear your highlight. You always have great ones, actually. Well, I have two things. Of course so, you do. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. So the first one is 
it's not really a highlight it's more about bringing awareness and I wanted mm-hmm. to just bring awareness to the fact that it's three years since we had the Grenfell Tower um which totally shocked me I was just I, yeah I didn't even think it was three years ago mm-hmm. um but I just wanted to highlight one of the victims from the um, fire which was um yeah um Khadija Sayi and I apologize if I've if I'm saying her name wrong she is um herself and her mother um lived in the tower and they unfortunately um passed away but mm. Khadija was a talented artist and photographer and BBC Three actually did a short film about her work, um, including yeah. her going to exhibit some of her work in um, Venice. So um, I actually posted it on the Colour Out of the Box socials, so on Instagram. Do go and have a look. It's a really sh- um, short film, but just gives you a bit of a glimpse of some of her talent. Mm. And also um, Tate Modena also highlighting her work on their socials as well. So have a look at that. So I just wanted to bring a spotlight to someone that was super talented, but unfortunately mm-hmm. um, their dreams were cut short. And also just to highlight the fact that Grenfell was an avoidable tragedy. Also, there are still buildings within the UK that have that very dangerous cladding that they yeah. still have not removed so um, I really support um, Grenfell United who are working with victims and survivors and also trying to ensure that this doesn't happen again yeah, so, yeah. so I just wanted to mention that is a highlight is I don't know if he's aware mate um Anna Winter basically made some comments about Vogue so I don't know if you know everybody is talking about their failings um, (laughs) to black people in the workplace Mm -hmm. and we're like we do (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's only now that you're mentioning it yeah so Anna Winter who is the editor-in-chief of US Vogue has admitted to making mistakes and publishing material that has been intolerant as well as not doing enough to promote black staff designers at the fashion magazine yeah so in response to that we have got the Vogue challenge where black creatives um have put together their interpretation of a Vogue cover and okay. the results look amazing. Um, if you go on to Colour Out the Box, you can see I actually did a post where I put some of the ones that I picked at random that look great. They generally look like professional Vogue covers. Is this and on I the Twitter? Colour Out the Box Twitter? On Instagram. Oh, okay. And I think it basically just proves that, yeah, black creatives are amazing and there's no reason why you shouldn't give us a seat at the table, but yeah. also it kind of proves that we don't really need a seat at the table. And if anything, it it made me realise in terms of what the talent is out there. And also, I it also made me realise to focus more on those great platforms and publications that actually do promote Black talent. And I will post a link to some of those great publications and resources as well. 
you know what? I've just had a look on your Insta. I have to admit, Mo, I saw this a couple of days ago on your yeah. thing. Didn't read the caption and thought they were Vogue um, front page. Yeah. Well, first uh, of all, please do read my captions. I do take sorry. time to write them. I know you do. <laughs> I've, also, I've also noticed that the last one of Vogue is obviously... <laughs> It's a colour out the box one. It's a colour out the box one that I whipped up. <laughs> let me so, let me just like your page. Let's like that post. <laughs> so do have a look. But yeah, I, I just think it's really amazing. And I like I said, I have been discovering loads of loads of great content out there, whether it be on YouTube, um, Instagram pages, websites, blogs, there's so much. So I appreciate all the black content creators that are pumping out amazing stuff. Yeah. Those are two really good highlights. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we've come to the end of the episode again. Thank you, May, for coming back. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Mo. And I'm so glad that I didn't say yeah um, on the podcast because usually when I come on I, I say a yeah. word that I shouldn't yeah <laughs> thank you for not doing that <laughs> saves me from editing <laughs> so um May do you want to share your socials I ask you this question every time you say no you do because I don't really have anything on my socials that are of interest of okay. anyone so what I will say is don't check me out but do um look out for the black curriculum perfect (laughs) and i'll put a link to it in the podcast description and as always you can find color out the box on instagram twitter and facebook do go on the instagram page i have actually been trying i post quite a lot of stuff no you really have and i'm i feel quite bad now for not reading the captions but i haven't like you know you've been up quite a bit you know yeah i I put out some good content and i do informative you know I think I'm going through a bit of a black woman loving phase. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot there, but it's I'll, good. I'll, I'll throw in some other people just to mix it up soon as well. But yeah, okay. you go and have a look. Also, go to colouroutthebox.com, the website, um, where we have a blog and a new blog post, which is coming very soon from our very own DJ Impulse, who's basically going to talk about forgotten music gems. And okay. And to be accompanied with a playlist as well. So when is he, um, when is DJ Impulse version one getting that out? Because I feel like I spoke to him a little while ago. I mean, I feel like... Not to call him out. No, well, to be honest, it's not him, it's me. So okay, fine. So actually <laughs> submitted the post. I just haven't published it. So oh, I'm publishing it in the next few days. So Can you do that? Because so, I feel like he told me to like, I feel stay like you're putting a lot of pressure on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked. Okay, Mo. Okay. This is not, this is not a safe space. <laughs> so, yeah. So do go and do go and look at that. And just look at the blog in general. We have a... Um, we have a post from May, who's currently with me now, um, who talks about um, educating children during a pandemic. We have a piece about what to do during lockdown, how to keep yourself occupied. And we have a piece about Solange. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a really good, um, what I think it is, a really good blog. And it's just another kind of avenue where we're just trying to put content out there. So do go and have a look. Great. So thanks again, May. I love it. I love I love being on here. So yeah. anytime. I love it when you come here, though we are remotely. 
Okay. So <laughs> until next time. Bye. See ya.